When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The gag rate in this is so good, especially on rewatch. Mm. The writing's incredible. My favorite scene, you know, an early scene is like when he's trying to save everyone else and then realizes his name, he's actually one of the, one of the names on the chopping block. Then he changes it quickly about face to just sack <laughs> Pat. That's the kind of cowardice. This is the kind of guy we're dealing with here. There's a really tight roster of characters around him, played by like Colmini is fantastic in this. Tim Key is great. All the characters are really funny and g- are given their own moments. Even if you're not a Partridge fan, it's a funny, it is a genuinely funny film. Back of the net. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Flix Watch Podcast. Joining us today, we have Will. Hi there. Russ. Hi. And as always, Kobe. Hello. And we're here to talk about Alan Partridge, Alpha Papa. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello, film fans. Welcome to Flix Watcher Podcast. Joining us today, we have Will and Russ. Russ, over to you to say hello to our listeners and tell them a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please. Hi, yeah. So I'm uh, Russ. I am the host of Not Just for Kids, which is a podcast that looks at family films and the movies grow throughout the ages. And tell us about the family films, why why they're important, why because I, I was I think the the the, uh, the line not just for kids is quite an important one. I think historically kids films were supposed to be the ones you don't want to watch, but but now they're well they're just good films that you want to watch and happen to be like aimed at kids as well as adults, aren't they? Critics tended to be a bit snobbish, I think, about about kids films, quote children's films, yeah, yeah, and it does exist partly because of that, like because of that kind of like attitude that is in film that I mean animated films don't get nominated for best picture that often and stuff like that so it's it, there is this expectation that uh, kids films animated films are lesser films but the first films we watch so I, I kind of set this podcast up during the first lockdown because I was um, a bored and wanted to talk to people about films and b want to talk to people about uh, the films we all watched growing up and the kind of films that impacted us so it's been going for a couple of years and I talked to some great guests I talked to podcasters I talked to directors I talked to writers basically anyone who I think is interesting 
or I come across online and I think I'd like to talk to about films, I'll invite them on and yeah, we have good chats about films. Um, I introduced my son to, who's two and a half, and he watched uh, Paddington for the first time uh, the weekend. And also introduced my wife who'd resisted for like however many years and said, go and watch Paddington, it's amazing. So you, you, get, you do get people, it's, it's hard for some people to get over the kind of edge of like, this is a, cart- a cartoon bear. Um, but when she watched it, she was completely like taken by, by how awesome Paddington is. So it's, it is really good when you get like, adults and kids enjoying things. And now all he wants to eat is, is marmalade. Uh, and he literally tried to lick it out of the, out of the jar. <laughs> uh, Amazing. Will, who are you? Hi, I'm Will. I've, um, I'm a contributor on a few podcasts. I've done Russell's a few times. Um, we did a mini series, The Jurassic Park Connections. I've recently just done a mini series of the Caged In podcast with Petros, which was uh, about the offer, um, the Plus making of the Godfather show. So I did that. But yeah, this is, I just, I've been on Russell's, I've been on Petros, I've done a few podcasts. Um, When is your choice for the film today, which is Alan Partridge, Alpha Papa. Will, can you tell us first of all why you chose it? And then I'll get the timer. You have 60 seconds or less to tell us the synopsis. Yeah, as well as films, I absolutely love comedy and I've always been a massive Alan Partridge fan since the early days when he used to do um, the radio stuff on the day-to-day so mm. yeah when the opportunity came up and I just realized it was on Netflix I just thought well it has to be done because I, I just I, I love everything Steve Coogan does and Alan Partridge for my money I think is probably the best comedy character we've ever had so yeah okay <laughs> It's a big claim. Um, let's get the timer. Okay, one minute timer starts now. Okay, Alan Partridge is the former star of BBC, is now working for North Norfolk Digital, um, a station which is heading for a revamp to Shape FM. Um, rumours are swirling regarding um, getting rid of the older, the senior members of staff. So Alan takes it upon himself to help them but in the meantime he actually makes it worse to benefit himself and gets his colleagues sacked resulting in a siege <laughs> with hilarious consequences excellent is everyone here an alan partridge fan yes everyone yeah. looks ahead of course well, this is gonna be easy um <laughs> i think the the main the main uh, concern with any tv show come film is is the quality of that transition um and it doesn't necessarily often doesn't necessarily pan out that quite well. I think we've had the in-betweeners, which I, well, for me, we're well, I don't want to put words into other people's mouths. So it can work. It has worked quite recently, but then there are definitely cases, perhaps over the eighties ones where it's just people going on holiday somewhere where they've not panned out so well. So what do you guys make of this transition of, uh, first of all, what are your thoughts on Alan Partridge in general? And what do you make of this transition from, from TV show and radio to, uh, to, to film? Let's go for you, Helen. Uh, so was knowing me, knowing you, or was it I'm Alan Partridge that came first? I can't remember which order. Knowing me, knowing you was before yeah. that, but that's knowing not the me, first time he's on yeah. TV. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that, that knowing me, knowing you, and I had the the, the video box sets because I was that cool uh, <laughs> of that. And um, yeah, so I think Alan Partridge is one of the funniest characters uh, on screen and um, yeah, <laughs> I'd seen this before and 
I don't think I remember it being as funny. And uh, yeah, I think it was the welcome film of silliness that I needed right now. So. <laughs> um, but, but, but yeah, like there's just too many classic Alan moments and lines. Uh, <laughs> I particularly love it when he ended up living in the travel lodge. I think that was probably peak Alan for me, uh, particularly the one where he dresses up as a zombie using items from the hotel. <laughs> tungsten tip screws. Tungsten tip screws. And he's got the flex from the yeah. Corby trouser press as his tail. And um, and he gets gas from eating scotch eggs. Uh, and his little fantasies he has with the <laughs> the executives and his Would you like me to that of- dance for you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Sunday, bloody Sunday. There's just so many great lines that have worked their way into general conversation in my life. So, yeah, I'd say that I'm a big fan. Go on to yourself, Russ. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think I find Alan Partridge most compelling when it's him as a person as opposed to, like, a fake TV show. So the I'm Alan Partridge is incredible. It's hilarious. It's also really tragic because we're just watching someone, like, essentially go through a really long breakdown over two seasons and he gets better but it's just yeah he's at a very low point at the start and it's very funny but also really compelling and I think that's what I like here in the film is is that it's not trying to be anything other than just checking back in on Alan and seeing how he's doing and yes there is the excitement of a siege but the bits I love this film is just going back and seeing this kind of strange person who's immersed in low level entertainment like he works for uh, a norfolk based radio station so it's it's he's not um the celebrity he once was he's not the chap who can have his own radio uh bbc one show uh yeah so i find him really compelling but also tragic character and the uh times i'm most am drawn to him are the i'm alan partridge ones because uh they feel really interesting to watch i've recently got britbox because i did an episode on carry on and watched 22 of them in like three weeks which wouldn't recommend as a way to watch carry on i'll be honest there's probably about four good carry ons amongst the 22 but i've kept it and i've we me and my partner my partner loves uh alan partridge basically that kind of like era of bbc sitcoms and so we've rewatched them all and are they on all the night players lovely uh are they night player maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well the, i think the only alan Parsons i haven't seen is the scissor dial one uh some reason just because it's on sky it seems like a bit of a uh a non-partridge um i should just watch it because it's, it's time i think that i mean his books his books i've listened to an audio book so i can't be I, I feel it needs to be his voice to make sense properly so i've done his audio books he's got the um he's got a podcast I haven't seen old mid, in fact, I haven't seen old mid morning matters, but each time I, I do watch it, I'm like, this is awesome. I should watch it properly. But then it's just like a, a, a weird extra step, isn't it? To watch something on online. It just seems a weird, like extra, extra step to do. Um, but he is, he's just generally amazing. And I, when, when you said Will at the top, you said one of our best comedic creations. I think, I'm not sure if you're talking about this UK in generally, but I think genuinely in the world, globally he's 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 lasted like long maybe maybe only the simpsons have probably lasted longer at at this at this moment in time um but i think he's that that fantastic a character i'm always keen to see what what he's going to do and i think his recent chat show incarnation is fantastic as well which (laughs) i think that's why he works so well as a character because he Mm. he he has a full arc he's he has a life (laughs) 
outside because I mean he started on the radio, then he became he was the sp- sports presenter on the day to day. Then he got his own chat show. Then he messed up the chat show and ended up living the travel lot. <laughs> Eventually, got back on radio. But of course, he'd have a podcast now. That so he has <laughs> had a full life life along with. So that's what I do genuinely think he is because it, we've had characters like David Brent, for instance. Mm. But he's quite one-dimensional, David Brent. He is just David Brent. He's and unfortunately, David Brent is a little bit of a conduit for just Ricky Gervais to say things. Whereas <laughs> Alan Partridge is a genuine character mm. who has had a. I don't know he's he's done. I've talked to him about him like he's a real person, and <laughs> it's interesting that he did. He presented the one show not so long ago. And people complained because Alan Partridge is an idiot who shouldn't be presenting the one show. <laughs> so it just got so good at Hadrian's where people were like, who is this idiot? <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I do think he is. And Steve Coogan is a brilliant writer anyway. And he, yeah. I mean, he does have other writers with him, like the Gibbons brothers. The Gibbons brothers, this. yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they made a massive change in, because I think they came in for Scissor Isle, um, Mid morning matters. So, yeah, they've given him a new lease of life. But I, yeah, I just think he's brilliant. Because I think the, when you, I was, I was watching the first. Well, I was watching obviously all the film, um, but in the first kind of ten minutes, there's lots of little, lots of little gags just peppered all the way through. And that wasn't. That's not the first Armando Iannucci um, iteration of uh, Alan Partridge, where he's a bit more broad and just abrasive with people. But this this kind of new iteration where the, the gag is like it's really tightly connected together and uh, subtle. But if you you know if you just listen and lean in a bit more, then you do get a lot more from it than it would have been in in that kind of nineties. My, my main my main kind of touch point in terms of uh, comedy characters was Ali G. In terms of like someone who's well, as you know, as a big personality, but then he I, I, he couldn't exist now. The way allergy, it just doesn't, it just wouldn't, it just doesn't work now um, as it as it did do in the late nineties. But Steve Coogan, what he's done with Alan Partridge, is just it's just dynamic. It's just the reinvention. I like to say, I think I think the touchstone with it being uh, like a character you see, you've seen him grow as a person. You've seen him kind of lose his wife, he's seen lose his job, uh, lose his kids, and seen him at his lowest ebb with cock pus- Cock, what was it Cook past Pabridge on the, on the Cook side of his car? Cartridge. <laughs> it's, <a> cartridge. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just absolutely, it's, just, it's brilliant. But I mean, let's talk a bit more about this film because we're kind of moving away from that. So I didn't think this film was going to work because, again, TV shows to film, but it really does work. It really does kind of uh, tie a lot of knots together. And my favourite scene, you know, an early scene is like when he's trying to save everyone else, and then realises his name—he's actually one of the, one of the names on the chopping block. Then he changes it quickly about face to just sack <laughs> Pat. That's the kind of cowardice. This is the kind of guy we're dealing with here, and uh, that's that's the that's the same Alan Partridge we've seen all the way through. Throw someone else under a bus for his own sake, and then that's that's the catalyst for the rest of the film, right? This is like the—it's the broadest iteration of Partridge because it, it is his most partridge but you still have these callbacks to the things he's done before with his you know with the assistant and mm. yeah and it is typical partridge where he will throw anyone under the bus <laughs> and again the same with like when he realizes that he is siege face so he <laughs> says, like, oh, yeah this is i can make this about me which is yeah exactly what i'm partridge always does <laughs> 
Oh, I like his fantasy land then. Yeah. He has his fantasies. Yeah. And I, I think what I like about this one, it, even if you're not a massive Partridge fan, it's still funny because the gag rate in this is so good, especially on rewatch. Mm. The writing's incredible. And there's a, there's a fair bit more slapstick in this, I thought, than previous Partridge. I mean, you've got the, you've got the bits where he likes, he, he um, gives you, here's, here's your cheesy mother, uh, and he smacks him in the face in um, I'm Alan Partridge. But it seems like him crawling out the window. <laughs> and losing his trousers, um, and then the when is how does he end up in a septic tank uh, underneath the bus and <laughs> and Colin Means about to have a shit on him kind of thing and then it comes out then septic tanks detaches from the bus you know that kind of stuff is it's taken out to a different level as, as well as the gags I think I felt there's a few more the, the side gag level also increased in this um, versus versus previous Partridge iterations and that's I think that's why it does work as a film um, where the other ones are a bit more contained aren't they as well they tend to be like it's in a travel lodge or it's in the studio mid-morning matters or the, or, you know, the day-to-day or um, knowing me knowing you it feels um, more cinematic almost. There's like, there are shots, there are sequences here that feel cinematic because I mean, it is a film. So it has to obviously expand out as other successful TV to film transitions do. And there is that quality to it. And also in the plot itself, like Alan doesn't really have these kind of plots where a siege is taking place and there are guns, and there are people mm. being hit in the face by Alan at one point. <laughs> and also I think it helps that it's not all about Alan, that there's a really tight roster of characters around him played by like Colm Meany is fantastic in this. I love him. He's heartbreaking and funny. Uh, Tim Key is great. Uh, all, all of them are great. Like all the, all the characters are really funny and g- are given their own moments. Like even though Alan is a narcissist, that doesn't mean the film is entirely all about him and his ego. It's that there are other people Floating around him. I love the Sean Pertry brief appearance from him as one of the uh, police officers, particularly aggressive towards Alan. It's, it's yeah, he uses mm. its supporting cast well. And of course, we've got Lynn who uh, yeah. asks if he's in the business centre when she goes around to visit him. Um, but it's, it's, always, <laughs> some, it's always great to have Lynn. And there's some, there are some really great visual gags in this, like the, the business centre, the reflection in his glasses when he <laughs> clearly is looking at porn, but says, oh, yeah, I'm just looking at the... Um, and, it, yeah, it's like I said, this is quite a broad Alan Partridge because you do have those big visual gags. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, guys, is there anything else we want to say before we head to the scores? I just really like... Uh... The use of Rachford. <laughs> I don't know what it is about the song, but when it comes on and he's singing along, I have to sing along. I just think it's a very Alan Partridge thing to to do. And I feel a little bit like Alan when I do that. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think the thing with Alan Partridge is he says a lot of silly stuff, but he's, he's never really that controversial. Things he says are... A little bit sexist, a little bit like racist sometimes, but it's never like completely controversial, and it's never in a way that is like shocking. It's more you kind of feel embarrassment, or it's so silly that you can't help but laugh. And I think that's what makes him so enduring a longer, longer period of time because he's not out to shock. He's just he's just a very unusual man. And he's a bit but of a dinosaur. But also really normal. Yeah, yeah. And he, 
like you, this comes across going off the film site, but he this comes across and now of course he's got a podcast and he's not very good at being on a podcast because he's producing it himself and he's constantly checking himself because he says things and goes well so he is a dinosaur who's constantly trying to adapt to new stuff and i think that's why he's such a great character because he has gone through these things like i say of course he would have a podcast now why wouldn't he and like other tv characters like uh ali g bruno anyone like that seem set up for the cruel there seems to be more cruelty than there is here like this is not a very cruel film whereas other british comedies of a similar era can be quite cruel like david brent is quite a cruel creation mm. and it's quite and uh ali g i mean i remember ali g film being something <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i think that while alan is kind of at times monstrous he is also quite sympathetic and occasionally likable even when he's doing bad things um it's always, it's always and- nice when he gets his gets his own back and people <laughs> Yeah. It's, all, it's always quite nice. You, you, you like him getting, you know, he's got his comeuppance earlier on in an episode, but then he gets it back. It's always it's always a nice way. To... Back of the net. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> he is, he is, about it, he is a dick, but you do root for him. <laughs> you find a way to root for you, you, you want him to succeed, even though he does stupid, terrible things, but it is nice to see him. And I think, like, as Russell said, it, it it's more warm-hearted than other iterations of, like, actually, Brent is a particular one because there seems to be Brent is more of a character now for Ricky Gervais to just use to say things and say, well, it's what Brent would have said. Where you go, well, is it because you say similar things in your stand-up? So it's <laughs> whereas, <laughs> do you know, whereas Partridge is a character, he has none we- of the beliefs of Coogan. So David David Brent versus Ricky Gervais. If you you wouldn't know if you had a picture of David Brent or if you had a picture of Ricky Gervais, you wouldn't know if that's David Brent or um, or Ricky Gervais. But when you have Alan Partridge versus Steve Coogan, like the last Alan Partridge, like straight away, yeah. uh, it's just like a demeanor to shift straight away. That's, well, that's Alan. It's not Steve. Um, but like, yeah, this this sets the score, guys. I'm Hannah Flint from The First Film Club, a film podcast series dedicated to established and emerging talent, both in front of and behind the camera, and the feature debuts that launch their careers. From the new drama Mass to the cult classic Heathers, each episode is dedicated to a film, a guest, and the behind-the-scenes stories, memories, and advice from their time on set. Find us, The First Film Club, wherever you listen to your stripped media podcasts. Come join the club. So welcome to the painted Flix Watcher scores. They are always out of five. If you're inclined for decimal places, please go for it. And we will start with you, please, Will, with your recommendability. I would go a 4.5 for because it's, <laughs> it's such a, even if you're not a Partridge fan, it's a funny, it is a genuinely funny film. And it's, it's warm-hearted and, you know, things can be a bit bleak at times. So I just need a bit of a laugh. So I would go, yeah, 4.5. So I was just think about the tug line, the tug gag, where he's caught here on the end of the rope. Um, <laughs> yeah, Russ. Um, I go for 4.1. I would recommend this to people. And I do think even if you don't know Alan, 
you can watch it. But I do think a lot of the pleasure of this film is that I've watched all the other stuff leading up to this. I'm very familiar with Alan Partridge, so it's not... But I think that of all, like, TV adaptations that of that go to films that is just you kind of get more if you if you're if you know alan yeah oh absolutely helen yeah i mean this is definitely i i don't know whether you'd find it as funny if you'd never seen any alan partridge i think it's definitely recommending do you like alan partridge yes then 4.5 watch this film if you don't five percent five the point five is the no people if that makes sense doesn't really make sense i was just also going to say i i think it just the the plot just about fills the runtime it gets a little bit wackier at the end and i think it's most concentrated and the gags are funnier when he's actually under siege whereas when they the the chase although it's it's great to see Norwich like if you've never been to Norwich you can go and check out the scenes where they filmed this like there's quite a lot of places and the pier is in Cromer so you can go to Cromer and go to the pier with the the shootout so um so yeah, that right. is good for for that what was the um, what was the film we saw falling down and ends in a similar way on the uh, on a pier yes <laughs> I did think of that uh, it doesn't end like that. Um, so yeah, even when he gets shot, it's like really funny. I know, which, which <laughs> it shouldn't like... be, because that's, that's actually quite horrific, the way he gets shot. <laughs> and then he's, he's drooling. Well, yeah, well, he, he says, blood. I've got, yeah, I've got, oh. I've got blood coming out of my mouth. Oh no, it's just spit. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I had a great time, but like, I think if you've never seen Alan Partridge before, you might find it a little bit odd. <laughs> yeah, let's go for 4.5. It was fun. Um, yeah, yeah. 4.5 for people who've seen Alan Partridge and enjoyed Alan Partridge, even for like half an episode. Watch it. Enjoy it. You know what kind of person he is. You know, he's... I think I've heard Steve Coogan on, on radio shows recently and um, he's like, he's... He, he would be 100% behind Liz Truss. He's that kind of person. But at the same time, he's not, um, you know... He's not evil. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Repeat viewing score. Will. And this is, I, I would, depending on how much you like Alan Partridge, for me it's 4.5 again, because there was stuff I, I've seen it a couple of times, but I rewatched it again this week, and there was stuff I picked up on. There's just throwaway gags, and yeah, Partridge, which is just great. So for me it's a 4.5, but then again, it depends on your tolerance for Partridge. <laughs> how many times have you seen it, Will? I've seen it a few times now. I think I, okay. it's one of those, yeah, I've seen it a few times. I, I just, I partridge is my my comfort thing. If there's nothing, <laughs> like, you know, I can watch a bit of partridge. Yeah, so yeah. Um, Russ, uh, I go for four point four. I have watched this, I think, every year since it came out. Like it's just oh, wow. one of those films that can easily be put on a Sunday evening and watched. Um, yeah. So and and I think like I think it's higher for me than the recommendability because. If you repeat watching this, you're already on board with Alan, so it's fine. So, yeah. Helen? So, I think I think this was only like the second time I'd seen it. And I think that was maybe more for its availability and didn't realise it was on. And I, I really enjoyed it. How many more times I'm going to watch it? I don't think it's going to be regular, um, but it didn't make me want to think that I want to do a bit of going back to some of my uh, favourite episodes and maybe catching up a bit of the stuff that I haven't seen of the newer stuff. So uh, 3.5. I'm going to go for 
yeah, this is my second time watching it. I did see it at the cinema when it came out and really enjoyed it. Um, and I, I guess I just haven't reached out to get it. But I think we've had a good period of Alan recently as well, where I perhaps felt I didn't need to watch the film to, to kind of catch up with him and see how he's doing. And also seeing Steve Coogan and things like The Trip, I've really enjoyed um, that side of things with Steve Coogan. So I haven't seen it twice. Will I see it more? I've definitely seen it more, but not that frequently, I don't think. Not once a year, not like yourself for us. Uh, <laughs> not, not there's anything wrong with that, of course. I just I don't think I'm at your level of uh, alpha papering. Um, so you've not you've not got a room at home, have you, with like faces of Alan on the wall? Mentalist, I don't. I can't say no. my partner doesn't. <laughs> He's a mentalist. You're a mentalist. <laughs> oh dear. I've got a room of Russell's face. I have. Have you? <laughs> That's why it's never been round since yeah, that time. Yeah. <laughs> Small screen score to yourself, Will? Yes, a five. Because, I mean, it, it's it's a film and it's <laughs> cinematic moments, but it, you could quite easily watch it. At, yeah, it's a five. I mean, it's not... If you watch Scissor Dial now, the new... Scissor Dial and... I can't remember the name of the other one. There's not much... They're quite cinematic in scope. So, yeah, it's a five. Uh, yeah, I go for five as well, because uh, I saw this in the cinema, but Alan, for me, is almost entirely a, a TV creation for me. I've not listened to his podcast. I might go off and listen to it, because it sounds like fun, but he is, for me... An entirely a TV creation, so his small screen score has got to be at five. Helen, um, I didn't see this at the cinema. Um, I think it's perfect for TV viewing, home viewing. So yeah, five. Yeah, let's go for a five. A clean sweep of fives. Um, I saw the cinema, like I said, and I enjoyed it. Then um, I think it probably did work out better at home, uh, even though I was kind of tired half the time I was watching it. So I maybe need to rewatch it more recently just to to make sure cut I caught up with all the gags. Engagement score will. Yeah, I think, again, it, this is all dependent on how much you like the character. But I think if you're in, you're in. So for me, it's an easy, like, 4.5. Because, again, I say, if you like Partridge and you flick it on, even if he's doing the Roachford thing and you see that, you're <laughs> in. So, yeah, I, I, it's a 4.5 for me. Russ? Uh, yeah, probably a 4.1. I um, It's quite a tight 90-ish Length and saying the first half goes at a terrific pace. Like the first half when it's the siege is terrific pace. And then by the time it starts to slow down a bit, uh, you're already too far in. So you're not, you're not going to stop watching it. Um, but I did occasionally look at my phone whilst watching this. Like there were moments when I'd looked at my phone to just check in on the endless void of Twitter, which I do sometimes. So it has to, it can't be any higher than 4.1. Helen. Yeah, a solid four. I mean, it's not one that if you have a quick wee, then you're going to miss anything. And um, yeah, it just, just kind of poodles along nicely. So yeah, solid four. Yeah, I think it, it, it loses its edge and bite as the film goes on. Um, <laughs> I think your term wacky was, you know, kind of kind of said it perfectly. Like just being inside of a septic tank in the first instance is like... How's that? How have you come up with that idea? <laughs> yeah, let's go for four. Uh, that gives us an overall score of 4.41250. Guys, that's high. That's good. It's very high. Yeah, it's good. It's very high. I'm going to dive into our our, our scoreboard here because I want to see where it kind of ranks there. Uh, guys, anyone who's listening, if you want to find out how we've ranked all of our films to date, go to flitswatcher.tv forward slash scoreboard. 
I can't type as fast as I can speak. And you can see at the top there. So our top scoring film is joint number one, and you can be, you can sort it by the overall score. Uh, joint number one is When High Met Sally and The Fugitive. So with a score of four point four one, puts it around the same brackets falling down about twenty. It's high. It's decent. Yeah, good. Behind Clueless, Shaun of the Dead, Point Break, Inception. Fair play. So we did have a good response from people on Twitter. So if you're listening, do follow us on Twitter. We are at FlexWatcherPod. Um, and look out for a, a shout out like this saying, we're reviewing Alan Partridge, Alpha Papa with Russ Loves Movies and Will Chitch. Have you seen it? Give us your thoughts. I'm going to score out of five stars for an on-air shout out. And that's just a call to you guys to say, yeah, I know about film. I like it or I don't like it. And uh, you get to get your own little rating in there. So we've had a few responses today. Um, Will, as you chose the film, do you want to lead us off with the first one? Yeah, I've got Liam H. Dempsey, who says, one of Alan's finest hours or hour plus 30 in this case. You can tell how hard the Gibbons, Coogan and Yanucci worked to milk every possible laugh out of the siege plot. One of the most successful small to big screen transitions ever. 4.5 stars. Nice. Russ. I've got when one thing leads to another. He, They say Partridge Gold. I agree with Liam H. Dempsey. This is one of the few examples where a TV series has made a successful leap to cinema. The climbing out the window scene is, a fu- is as funny a scene as you'll ever watch. Hilarious. <laughs> 4.5. Helen. And this is from Scheitgeist. Really enjoyed this on the big screen. The Roachford Cuddly Toy title sequence is worth the price of admission alone. Struggles with pacing at time, but an unusually solid tv to movie adaptation and he's giving it four microphone emojis so uh matches what we said i think yeah generally um guys will and rusky tells where i can find you guys online and we'll say goodbye to everyone who's listening let's go with yourself will first yeah um you can find me on twitter at will chich um occasionally anytime i'm on podcast or anything i uh, put it on there i'm going to be doing a series with at caged in again soon but yeah anything i put on i'll put on at will chich on twitter and russ and you can find me at russ loves movies on twitter that's where i post anything i write or any podcasts i pop up on and my own podcast is not just for kids which you'll be able to find whatever podcast platform you're using search for us and then search for a film you like and we've probably covered it by this point so yeah a film from your childhood has probably been talked about by us so go listen it'll probably be a great episode with a fantastic guest Awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining us and thank you for picking Alpha Papa. Uh, We'll see you guys later on. Thanks for coming on. Bye. Bye. Enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K, Wood Audio. Tell them Flix Watcher sent you. You just heard a stripped media production. 